Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio. His holy 
worship your holy name. Lord, I worship your holy And now it's time for our reading in the New Testament. And today the narrative comes from the book of Luke, chapter 8, verses 22 through 39. Here's a brief overview of some of what we'll be reading about here today in the New Testament. The Sea of Galilee, actually a large lake, is even today the scene of fierce storms, sometimes with waves as high as 20 feet, which is very threatening when you're in a small boat. Now Jesus' disciples were not frightened without cause. Even though several of them were expert fishermen and knew how to handle a boat, their peril was real. When caught in the storms of life, it's easy to think that God has lost control and that we're at the mercy of the winds of fate. In reality, God is sovereign. He controls the history of the world as well as our personal destiny. Just as Jesus calmed the waves, He can calm whatever storms you may face. Now, a man had been freed from the devil's power, but the people in the town thought only about their livestock. People have always tended to value financial gain above needy people. Much injustice and oppression, both at home and abroad, is the direct result of some individuals or companies' urge to get rich. People are continually being sacrificed to the God of money. Don't think more highly of pigs than of people. Often Jesus would ask those he healed to be quiet about the healing. But he urged this man to return to his family and tell them what God had done for him. Why? Well, number one, Jesus knew the man would be an effective witness to those who knew his previous condition and could attest to the miraculous healing. And number two, Jesus wanted to expand his ministry by introducing his message into this Gentile area. And number three, Jesus knew that the Gentiles, since they were not expecting a Messiah, would not divert his ministry by trying to crown him king. In fact, the people in this region had asked him to go away. When God touches your life, don't be afraid to share the wonderful events with your family and friends. And now let's begin our narrative today, here in the New Testament. March 29th, the New Testament. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 39. One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown! When Jesus woke up, 
he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly, the storm stopped, and all was calm. Then he asked them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? they asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and waves obey him. So they arrived in the region of the Gerasenes, across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time, he had been homeless and naked, living in a cemetery outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. This spirit had often taken control of the man. Even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness, completely under the demon's power. Jesus demanded, What is your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons begged him to let them enter into the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd plunged down the deep hillside into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. The crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed, and all the people in the region of the Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone, for a great wave of fear swept over them. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him home, saying, No, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Psalm 70 Verses 1 through 5. When others disappoint and threaten us, we feel empty, as though a vital part of ourselves has been stolen. When others break the trust we've placed in them, they also break our spirits. At those empty, broken moments, we must join the writer of the Psalms in begging God to rush to our aid. He alone can fill our lives with His joy, His power. With the Psalm writer, we should cry out, O Lord, do not delay. Well, this short psalm that we'll read here in a moment was David's plea for God to come quickly with his help. Yet, even in his moment of panic, he did not forget praise. Praise is important because it helps us remember who God is. Often our prayers are filled with requests for ourselves and others, and we forget to just thank God for what He's done and worship Him for who He is. Don't take God for granted and treat Him as a vending machine. Even when David was afraid, he praised God.
Psalm 70, verses 1 through 5. For the choir director, a psalm of David asking God to remember him. Please, God, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. May those who try to kill me be humiliated and put to shame. May those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by their shame, for they said, Aha! We've got him now. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, God is great! But as for me, I am poor and needy. Please hurry to my aid, O God. You are my helper and my Savior. O Lord, do not delay. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4. A worthy wife is a crown for her husband, but a disgraceful woman is like cancer in his bones. This is Trevor, and I just wanted to say, Brad, down in phase one, you're doing awesome, man. We all appreciate what you do. You do it humble, and you're always willing to help out. And I also want to tell Mike down in phase one, you really want to change, and we all see it. And I love you, brother, both of you. Great job. Good morning. This is Mike Wells. I'll be reading Heaven on Earth. And today's title is With the Humility of a Child. The verse, Luke ten twenty one. Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Granted, the authority of the kingdom in being placed at top levels of the spiritual pecking order of the universe, we could develop a superiority complex. And we would, except for one thing. That isn't the nature of the king. Wielding all authority, Jesus came to serve. In spite of his accomplishments and glory, he's humble. He's worthy of everything. He invites us into his blessings. We share in his authority because he generously allows us to do so. Not only is humility the nature of the king, it's also the appropriate attitude for beings with our background. We we remember where we came from. We were worthy of far worse fate, but the mercy of the king rescued us from it. We became the ultimate rags-to-riches story. So our response to the authority of the kingdom is never pride, it's gratitude. We don't exercise that authority for self-promotion, but for the love of God and others. We overcome evil by liberating others from its destructions. That's why we have been given the keys of the kingdom. It isn't a power trip. It's a confrontation against everything that contradicts the truth, beauty, and love of the kingdom. Make that your mission in life, to stand for God's kingdom by claiming spiritual authority over all that oppose it, with the humility of a child. Learn how to exercise that authority wisely. Don't use it in arguments or self-agendas. 
Don't put it on business cards or t-shirts as though it's a credential to boast about. Use it in faith. It's your spiritual trump card against all the enemy's purposes. Your veto of his agenda. You don't have have it by being wise and learned. You have it because the king revealed it to you as his child. Richard Baxter said this, It is a contradiction to be a true Christian and not to be humble. Have a wonderful and blessed day.
ever get something in your head There's nothing you heard Or something you read Ever had a cup but you never saw them play Brought to your knees But you never prayed Jesus in disguise concludes today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.